Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, World Overcomers family? It is Pastor Tony. It's been a long time since I've been with you on Wednesday night, but I am ecstatic. Listen, y'all are stuck with me for the next five, one, two, three, four, five weeks, and we're going to get into a great series that I'm going to announce in a minute, but it is in parallel with what Pastor Andy has been teaching us over the last couple of weeks about money, and even with Pastor Manny, who was talking about breaking the spirit of poverty and walking in the Let me tell you something. Yes, God wants to bless us immensely. The only way that the kingdom is going to go forward is if we are prosperous, not only in our bank accounts, but we're prosperous in life. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, I come that you might have life and life more abundantly, which means that not only did, did, did Jesus come and die for us for our afterlife and for us to live with him in heaven, but he came and died so that we can live a victorious life here on earth. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to live in hell on my way to heaven. I am going to get the fruit of what God has for me and the fruit of what Jesus died for on my way to my eternal reward. So I want you to go in the the Bible with me to Ephesians, the third chapter, one of my favorite verses of scripture in the whole Bible. And you may say, Pastor, you might want, you know, something that's going to pronounce blessing over you and all this stuff. No, but this one is very special to me. And it's Ephesians 3 and 20. It says this, Now unto him who is able, y'all know it, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Now, people get excited about that. This is really a salutation that Paul is giving to the Ephesian church. When people get excited, but that's the A clause, but the B clause is where we have a part to play in it. It says, according to the power of that worketh in us. Let's read the whole scripture in totality. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to. Y'all, let's, let's stop. Let's pause right there. According to, meaning that it is going in parallel with. It is in concert with the power that works in us. What am I saying? What, I, what I'm saying is God desires to do the miraculous. He desires to turn your world upside down. He desires to make you more blessed than you could ever imagine. But it's according to the power that works in you, meaning that we literally are the regulators to which God is active in our lives. Do you ever think about that? That God is all powerful, but he can't do anything beyond the power that you exhibit. Meaning that God gave us all these gifts, all these talents, all these riches of the kingdom, all this favor. But it's up to us to manage it. And God said, if I see you exhibiting power, if I see you executing power, I will respond in like kind and I will put super on your natural. Is that good to somebody? Somebody type in the chat, God, put some super on my natural. God, when I exhibit my power, you're going to step out and you're going to exhibit yours. And when I put my power with your power, we're going to have an awesome combination. 
The title of the series for the next couple of weeks is, Can I Speak to the Manager? And I know this, like, Pastor Tony, what are you talking about? Have you ever been in a restaurant? Have you ever been at a, at a hotel or, and you're not getting proper service or the food is cold or, 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 or something is just not right? You're not getting the value that you paid for. Anybody ever been there? Have you ever been there where you're not getting the value, you're not getting the service, and, 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 you, and you give the frontline person the opportunity to fix it and say, hey, can you send this back? Or, hey, you know, my, my, uh, my, my bed was, was not made up correctly, or oh, my bathroom was dirty, and the person comes back, and, and, and they give you a bunch of excuses. Well, we can't do this because of this, and, uh, you know, uh, you know th- this is as good as it's going to be, and I'm sorry, or they bring you back something else, and the soda is flat, or whatever it is, and you say, you know what? Can I speak to the manager? Because I need to speak, listen to this, y'all. I need to speak to someone in authority who can do something about this. Can I speak to the manager? And you may say, Pastor Tony, what in the world does that have to do with my life? As According to Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him who was able to do it seedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think, but it's according to the manager. <laughs> you are the manager. God desires to blow your mind and do the, do the impossible in your life, but you are the determinant factor to the degree to which God is going to be active and work his work in your life. You're the manager. And so I'm speaking on behalf of God today. I say, can I speak to the manager? Because when something is not right, there is somebody over, or over the business. There is somebody over the hotel. There is somebody over the organization that I can talk to. Because at, with all the people that work in the organization, the buck has to stop with somebody. And can I give you a newsflash as it pertains to your life and the way that you take? It's not the devil's fault. It's not God's responsibility. The buck stops with you. You are the manager of your life. God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29 11, he said, I know the plans that I have for you. I have plans to prosper you, to bless you, not to do evil upon you, but to give you an expected end. That's God's plans for you. But God's plans will not come into fruition if we don't manage what he has given us. So I want you to tell somebody, I am the manager. Type in that chat. I am the manager. So for the, for the sake of our conversation over the next couple of weeks, let's give some definition here. A manager is a person responsible for controlling or administering all or part of a company or organization. An old English term is a steward. You know, people say we, we should be good stewards over what God has given us. Well, uh, uh, it's an old English term, and a steward was a person back in, in, in olden days who managed the affairs and the resources of another. Oh, my goodness. What, what am I saying? What I'm saying is everything that you have, you're not the owner of it. You're simply the manager of it. Your health, you're the manager of it. Your money, you're the manager of it. Your children, you're the manager of them. And God is the owner. Now, let me tell you something. Let me say, well, you know, I thought everything was mine. Look, there is great, there is great relief and knowing that you're simply the manager and not the owner. Because there are certain things that the owner has to deal with. There are certain pressures. There are certain things that you have to deal with that a manager doesn't, that the owner stays up at night about. Guess what? He never sleeps nor slumbers, y'all. And so when we get into the hard places of life, we have to realize, hey, God, this ain't mine. This is not my business. You told me to start this. This is not my business. This is not my family. This is not my career. This is not a whatever. These are not my investments, God. This belongs to you. Now, I need you to give me the strategy so, I, so that I can properly manage. Can I speak 
to the manager. Everything pertaining to the believer, listen to me very closely, everything that, that pertains to the believer is kingdom business. Let me tell you something. God is a very shrewd and astute businessman. He understands the, the principle of if I sow into good ground, I'm going to reap a good harvest. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, meaning he sowed his son into the earth so that he could reap back a harvest of children to come to his kingdom. God is a good businessman. And let me tell you something. Why in the world are we asking God to bless something that we refuse to manage? I'll let that sit right there for a second. If you, if you are a bad manager, why would God give you more if you're not managing correctly what he's already given you? You're the manager. And so according to Ephesians 3 and 20, now I'm under him. He's able and he's willing to do it seedingly and bundly above all we can ask or think, but it's according to the manager. How good are you a manager? I'm not talking about over your money. I'm talking about over your life. Because money is just one resource. Your time is another resource. Your health is another resource. Your relationships are another resource. How are you managing the things that God gave you? Because if you want God active in those things, you have to prove to God that you're a good manager. There's a little creed that I'm going to give you that we're going to read every week. Every week. And I want you to adopt this. And I want you to rehearse this. It says this. I am the manager of my life. This life was entrusted to me to give God glory and to bless all that I come in contact with. Look at this, y'all. I cannot control what happens to me, but I can control how I respond and manage what happens in my life. That's the manager's creed. And I want you to read that. They're going to put it on the screen. I want you to somebody to screenshot it, and I want you to, 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 to recite that every morning. That puts a level of accountability and responsibility. Say, God, yeah, I know you blessed me, God, but it's up to me to make the most of what you sowed into me, and I'm going to be a good manager. Genesis 2 and 15 was the first place where we, where we see God bestow the responsibility of management on mankind. It says, this is after God had created the earth and created the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and, 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 and all these things. And then he created Adam and Eve. And in 15 he says, and the Lord took man and he placed him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. In other words, I want you to manage this. I created it. It's mine. But I put you here as the responsible person to manage the garden. So my question to you is, what has God furnished in your life that you have failed to manage? Y'all, come on, come on, y'all. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. We just got to get in. You got to get here and do some surgery real quick. What has God furnished? What has God provided? You asked for the job, you prayed and fasted for it, and you walked by and spoke tongues in, in the parking lot until you got the job. But are you managing it correctly? You prayed for a husband. You prayed for a wife. You prayed for children. You prayed for influence and opportunity. But what has God furnished that we have failed to manage? Because Adam and Eve, God furnished everything. All they had to do is walk in the coolness of day and walk in the authority God gave them. They were naming animals. They had all kinds of authority over all these animals and all these plants. 
And they failed. When the serpent came, Adam failed to use his dominion and manage the garden that God gave him. 2 Peter 1 and 3 says this. His divine power has granted us, look at this, y'all, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Let, 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 me, let me translate this. God gave you everything that you need to be successful. He gave you everything that pertains to life. That means life, health, strength, ideas, stamina, uh, uh, intelligence. He gave you everything that pertains to life, but not only did he give you everything that pertains to life, he gave you everything that pertains to godliness, meaning that you have everything that is within you to be a successful manager of what I put you over. He gave us everything that pertained to life and everything that pertained to godliness. But he's saying, look, when Jesus said it is finished, he literally meant that it is finished, meaning that there was nothing else I need to do. I, I blotted out your transgression. I've been the atonement for your sin. I, 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 I took stripes on my back for your healing. What else can I do? I have set you up for success, but all I need you to do is walk in your authority, walk in my precepts, and I need you to manage what I have entrusted to your care. Let me tell you something. I don't know about you. I've had great managers in my life. And I've had some bad ones too. And bad management kills. This is what I mean by it. If you've ever had bad management that, you know, that doesn't, that, that doesn't keep people informed and, 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 and talks real quick to people and throws and doesn't protect their employees but throws them under the bus, Eventually, you, it will create a toxic team environment, and the thing that the team is tasked to do will die, all because of bad management. I've also seen great management where people really say, I don't care about you just as a, as a number and a cog in the wheel, but I care about you as a person, and, 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 uh, and you know what, you know, uh, make sure you make that time up, but you know, that's okay, take care of your kids. Whenever somebody realizes, say, hey, when you care about me, when you keep me informed, when you resource me to do my job, you will have a healthy, healthy environment, and it will spring forth, and it will, it will live. A biblical example is found in 1 Samuel. There was a priest called Eli. He was the priest that, that, that preceded uh, Samuel. And Eli had some sons. Now, Eli was an upright and righteous man. He was trusted to be a priest over Israel, and he had two sons, and they were robbing the temple blind. They were sleeping with the women. They were, they were doing everything they could, and Eli knew about it, and he did not stop his sons. He didn't stop them. He's like, come on, y'all. He brought them to the side. I said, come on, boys, y'all making me look bad. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's like, okay, Pop, we ain't going to do it. And as soon as they would leave their dad's presence, they would go out there doing the same thing. And he got warning after warning after warning. Let me tell you what happened as a result of Eli's resistance to manage the situation. These four things happened. The Ark of the Covenant got stolen. He was rejected by God. He was replaced by Samuel. Both of his sons died, and when he heard that his sons died, he fell out of his chair and broke his neck, and he died. 
So when we fail to manage what God has put, put us over and entrusted to us, we invite death and destruction and futility into our lives. So I want to ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself, what is it in my life that is dying on the vine that I can bring back to life if I simply do what I know to do to manage what God has given me? Somebody say, I'm going to be a good manager. In Exodus, the 18th chapter, we see an example where Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Pharaoh and his army has drowned in the sea, and everybody's, oh, great, great, great. You know, we, we, uh, we, we've overcome. We're out of, we're out of uh, Egypt, and we're in this wilderness, and they didn't know it was going to take 40, 40 days. <laughs> they, they, they would just walk and say, okay, we're going to go, and, and you know, we're going to pull up our tents, and, you know, we're going to uh, follow the, the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. And, you know, as people were kind of getting together, you know, like most people do in society, people have disputes. And Moses was getting worn out because he was hearing all the disputes of all the people. And he couldn't, he, can you imagine a couple million people and you're hearing all the disputes of everybody? How could he properly lead them to the promised land if he was busy and bogged down in dealing with people's disputes? Well, I thank God that his father-in-law, Jethro, came to him and said, what's going on, Moses? He said, Hey, hey, you know, let me pray for him. He said, hey, Pop, listen, man, this is wearing me out. Every day I'm hearing these people's disputes, and I can't hear from God. I can't get with my, uh, with my heads of my tribes and my generals so we can make sure that we're protected and we're moving on to the next place. I mean, you know, I, I can't get with the priest and make sure they're doing everything, all the sacraments, and this is bogging me down. And, and, and his, his, his father-in-law said, hey, Moses, you can't keep this up, man. You can't keep this up. You're going to die. This is going to wear you out. This is, look at this, y'all. This is what his, what his father-in-law was saying. He said, look, allow me to appoint some men to hear the, the, the minor matters. And as they escalate in importance, the, you will only handle the most important things. Because look at this, y'all. This is not the highest and best use of your time. And that is a word for somebody. Some of you are bogged down in the, in, in the weeds and you are busying yourself with things that, that, that somebody else could be doing. And it is not the highest and best use of your time, of your energy, of your money, of your resources, of your relationships. And God is saying, I need you to take an assessment of what you're doing. A lot of times we keep doing things because, because we've always done them. But look at the fruit of what you're doing. And what Jethro was saying to Moses is, if you keep doing this, Moses, you're going to die a premature death. And the way, we, the way that you led us out of Egypt, we need you to lead us into the promised land. And you are way too important. Your destiny and what you mean to God is way too important for you to be dealing with these minuscule matters. Am I telling you to go in your job or go to your family reunion and say, I'm too good for this? No, I ain't saying being arrogant, but it takes an awareness. It takes an awareness to say, you know what? I'm not properly managing this. And so what I may have to do, and this is for my, all my type A control freaks, I may have to give up some control in order to gain some peace. That's a word for somebody. I may have to give up some control in the way that I would like to do things in, a, in an order to be more effective for my assignment as to where 
God has me now. I'm telling you from experience. I'm a type, hey, I like to get my hands in. I, I know how to, I'm a jack of all trades and a master of a couple. And I, I, I will get in a couple and I'll do it. I'll roll my sleeves up. But I had to realize that is not the best use, the best and highest use of my energy and my time and my resources. Let me tell you something, people of God. The devil doesn't care how he stops you, whether he stops you through death or he distracts you from doing things that do not pertain to your current assignment. Are you being a good manager? Are you looking at what God has assigned for you in this season. I know what you did in the last season, but are you doing what God called you to do in this season for this assignment for this day? The devil doesn't care how he stops you as long as he stops you. I want you to ask yourself, what is it that only I can do, not should do? What is, what is the highest thing that I can do? Well, I should go over there because blah, blah. no, 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 no. Get out of everything. We're only effective when we do what is assigned to us and what we are graced for. And many of us are struggling because we are doing assignments that the grace has lifted. Oh, my God, I thank you. We are doing things. We are involved in places and things to where our grace has lifted. And that's the reason you're struggling. And that's the reason you're frustrated. And that's the reason your blood pressure is going up and your pulse rate keeps staying over 100. It's because you are, you are in areas and lanes that once were your assignment. But time has expired. And you're struggling because the grace has lifted for that assignment. We talked about bad management. We talked about accepting help to manage. That's what Moses did. He accepted the help of his father-in-law. But let me tell you something about staying, being an astute manager with favor. We all know about Joseph and the coat of many colors and the favor that was on Joseph. But think about it, y'all. He was favored by his father. He was vilified by his brothers. They sold him off into slavery. He became a slave. He was dropped off at Potiphar's house. And even as a slave, the favor of God was on him to such a degree that Potiphar put him over his whole plantation, so to speak. You might say, look, Joseph better than me. You know, we like to say that. We say, man, they crazy. Joseph is better than me because if I'm sold as a slave, I don't care how much favor on me. Sir, I'm not helping you do a thing. No, but what did, what did Joseph do? Joseph was excellent at every level that he was. He was, a, he was an astute and proficient manager. And as a result, even as a slave, he rose up in the ranks and everything around him was blessed. So let's fast forward. Potiphar's wife comes on to him and tries to make some advances, and he's excellent in his integrity, so much to a degree that he refused and he ran away. Well, she kept hold of some of his clothes, and she accused him of trying to rape her. And so then, him, him having integrity, him doing the right thing, him being an excellent responder and manager, he now gets thrown in jail. He's with a baker and a butler. Now, you might, at this point, I'm saying, okay, now, nah, God, this ain't right. I'm trying to do right, and, and, you know, and the wicked seems like they're succeeding. I'm trying to do right because, you know, and, and what's going on here? And the baker and the butler have a dream. And he said, look, why, why, you know, why are you guys looking so sad? Look at this. He could have been, he could be, I'm falsely accused and put in this jail. I don't, I don't care about anybody else but getting out of here because I'm falsely accused. But he looked, he said, hey, guys, what's wrong with you? Why are your countenance so low? 
And they say, hey, man, we, we, we got thrown in here by the king, and we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, we had some dreams. He said, well, tell me the dreams because I can interpret those. Look at what he did, y'all. He let his gift still flourish even in adverse situations. He was determined that no matter where I find myself, what no matter where I find myself, I am going to work the gifting. I am going to manage, even though the scenario may change, the people may change, the environment may change. One thing that will not change is my resolve to manage what God has given me. That gift of favor was flourishing. And all of a sudden, one of, one of the guys got out. He said, look, man, hey, he dapped him up, said, hey, man, I'm not going to forget you. I am going back to the king, just like you said in the dream. And I won't forget you. He's like, cool, man. And then Joe was like, yeah, man, I'm about to get out of here. I'm about to get out of here. And years passed by, y'all. Years passed by, and the guy forgot about him. Have you ever been there where people made you promises? Hey, when I get there, I'm coming back to get you. When I get this job, when I get that corner office, I'm going I'm to I'm put you going to be the centerpiece of my team. And people made all these promises, and people forget about you. But it's never recorded that he blamed God, that he cursed God. He remained faithful to be a blessing to those around. He had favor with the guards and, and the prison keepers and all those things because he was resolved to function in his gifting and to be a manager. Well, as it so, happen, as it so happens, Pharaoh had a series of dreams about a lean cow and a fat cow, blah, blah. He said, this stuff is perplexing me. What's going on? What's going on? Like, this stuff is troubling me. And, and, and the baker said, oh, I remember. I remember. I remember. There's this guy a couple years ago. Remember, remember uh, Pharaoh, when you threw me in jail? He said, I ain't, ain't going to trip on that. But when I was in jail, when I was in jail, this guy interpreted the dream. And he dreamed, and he interpreted, he, he interpreted my dream and said that I would be back here. And I think that guy's still in jail. He said, well, man, bring this dude to me. Bring this guy to me. When Joseph gets taken up to Pharaoh, and he said, hey, this is my dream. Okay, then this means, hey, there's going to be seven years of plenty, this fat cow, and then there's a drought coming that's going to be seven years. And so if I were you, king, what I hear God saying to me and my interpretation of this is uh, um, you need, in these years of plenty, you need to store, 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 store. Don't just eat up and have a good time because lean years are coming. He said, you know what, man? That's a good interpretation. Not only am I going to release you from jail, but I'm going to put you over this project. Look at this, y'all, to manage it. His favor with management. Listen to me closely. Favor with management. And, and he, put, uh, uh, he put Joseph over this project. He was a project manager. And he made sure, hey, guys, whenever we store, we need, we need, to, we need to store away like 25% of this. Y'all eat it, have a good time, make it bread, you know, uh, feed your animals, feast off them. But we got we to gotta store them away, almost like the petroleum reserves that we have in the United States. So if hard times comes, they release oil out those petroleum reserves. And, and, he would say, and then just like clockwork, the, the drought came. The drought came and people were famished. But to fast forward the story, his own brothers, look at this, y'all. His own brothers that threw him in the pit had to come to him and ask for grain and food and sustenance. All because they threw him away for him to die. But they were sustained because of the favor of the manager. So what am I saying? Your good management, 
your attention to detail, your being excellent and integral in every situation, it's not even about you. It's about who you're going to impact. It's about who you're going to bless. It's about who you're going to keep alive. And Joseph did not depend, y'all. He did not depend on favor to make up his slack. And let me preach right here. So many times we pray for the favor of God and we want, we want the pastor to put all on us and bless us. And Pastor Andy's going to be doing it at the time, time that you are viewing this. And when it's live, Pastor Andy is going to be anointing people on this Sunday and we want everybody to come. He's going to be anointing uh, your hands for prosperity and favor on your business and everything that you touch. But let me tell you something. Favor cannot make up for your lack of management. You have to manage what God, is, what God has entrusted to you. And we have to stop trying to get in a prayer line and trying to get prophet buttermilk to prophesy something to us to make up for what we could do for ourselves. I'm not going to get in line and say, Lord, I thank you for supernatural weight loss when I could go by the gym and I could walk every day. <laughs> what is it that only you can do? Because I believe that when we do what only we can do, God will do what only he can do can't do. So tell somebody, I was about to type in that chat real good. I'm going to be a manager. Not only a manager, I'm going to be a good manager. I'm going to be a manager that God is not going to regret giving me talents, giving me gift, gifts, giving me uh, good health, giving me the wife, giving me the husband, giving me the children. I'm going to be a good steward. I'm going to be a good manager over what God has entrusted to me. So before we go, I want to leave four keys to being an effective manager, life manager. Not just a money manager, that's one thing, but a life manager. You need to become intimately aware of God's plan for your life. Not what your mama said, you, I think you're called for this. Not what your prayer partner says, I think you're called for this. You need to become intimately aware of God's call for you on your life. Number two, you need to identify your role and your responsibility. Just because you can do everything does not mean you should do everything. What is your role? What is most important that you fulfill in your life and in your assignment? In addition to that, you need to do like Moses did. You need to identify your limitations. I know you got the S on your chest. I know you are a Marvel super character. I know you can do it all. That's what you think in your mind. But everybody has limits. Everybody has strengths. Everybody has weaknesses. Everybody has places of anointing. And everybody has places of challenge. And what I need you to do is be honest with yourself. Put your pride to the side and be honest with yourself. I've got limitations. And so, God, I need you to grace me to either do it or send somebody my way that I trust that can help me be the elevator to my next level. And then lastly, the last key to being an effective life manager is to know that God is your help, that you're not in this by yourself. God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. If you're doing kingdom work for kingdom, for kingdom, with kingdom business, I'm the owner, you're the manager. It's your job to do the assignment. It's my job to resource you, to reward you, to give you guidance, and to give you favor to complete the assignment. Let me tell you something. God wants you to win more than you want to win. But we have 
to execute what he has called us to do in the way that he's called us to do it. So I want you to stick with me the next four weeks, y'all. Are you going to stick with me? Somebody type and say, I'll be here next week. I want you to be here next week, but we're going to go further in. The Can I Speak to the Manager series? Because you are the manager. You don't need to look around for another. You're the person. You've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this because you're the manager that God is looking for. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for entrusting us with life, health, strength, ideas, businesses, spouses, families, children, whatever you have entrusted us with, God. Lord, because we realize that if you didn't give it to us, <laughs> if you didn't give it to us, oh, you could not prove your goodness in our life. Your giving it to us says that you trust us. Your giving it to us says that you have confidence that we can complete the assignment, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, for letting this word today be a mirror in our hearts and in our spirits. And Lord, let us see what we see. There are some areas that we need to pull up in that we have not been managing. We've been avoiding. Uh, we've been sticking our head in the sand like Eli or been trying to do too much like Moses. But, but God, you've called us to be like Joseph, to be diligent, to be faithful, and to be focused. Whatever station of life we're in, whether we're on the mountaintop, God, we won't, get, we won't put our feet up at ease. If we're in the valley or in a fiery furnace, God, we won't get in a pity party and take our eyes off of our focus of our assignment, God. So I pray for those that are watching, whether they're watching live or watching another time, God, that you show them the areas. God, you said if we ask you for anything, you won't withhold any good wisdom or any good thing from us. So we thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit shows us the areas where we need to pull up in our management, whether it's relationships, money, career, time, whatever it is, our bodies, God. Show us the areas because the devil cannot stop us, God. But he, he knows that we can stop ourselves if we fail to manage what you've given us. God, I pray a special blessing over the people of World Overcomers Christian Church. God, we're in an exciting stage, God, where we're building and we're, we're launching out and we're doing new things as we follow, follow our pastor. God, I thank you right now, God, that you empower us not only to be, be people that are of wealth, but people who are good life managers, that we have money, but we also know how to manage our relationships. God, we love you. God, we bless you, and most of all, God, we trust you because we don't know everything that you're doing, but we know what you're doing is good, and it's for our good, God. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. I want you to do something. I'm going to make a demand on you uh, to, to sow into this word. They're going to put something on the screen, a wave. I know you may have given already early in the service, but I want you right now, if this word resonated you, if it challenged you, I want you to sow into the good and fertile soil of World Overcomers Christian Church, okay? We'll see you this Sunday. Pastor Andy's going to be laying hands. He's going to be blessing people for wealth, but we're going to get this stuff about managing good along with it. Okay, guys, we love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Peace. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.